Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, July 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking soccer today with Sean Goodwin, Cora Hall, and Briar Napier. There's plenty to discuss. The U.S. men's national team thumped Martinique 6-1 in Gold Cup play Thursday at Children's Mercy Park, and the scoring was capped by a goal from Kansas City native Nicholas Giacchini, with an assist from Sporting Kansas City's Jean-Luc Abusio. We also get into what's coming up for Sporting, KCNWSL, and the U.S. Women's National Team at the Olympic Games starting next week. You'll recall the team is coached by Kansas City's Vladko Andonovsky. Also, with Season 2 of Ted Lasso starting next week, we discuss that show's great appeal. So, let's get started. The soccer gang is all here. Sean, Fryer, Cora, we're going to talk Gold Cup, we're going to talk sporting, KCNWSL, Olympics, maybe a couple other topics today. We're going to start with the most recent development, and that is the U.S. men's national team playing at Children's Mercy Park on Thursday night and defeated Martinique 6-1 to in a Gold Cup group stage game. Let me ask you first, I didn't get the chance to see it or listen to it on the radio, Sean, but was weather involved? Did they get rained on there last night? No, I was chastised by the Sporting KC folk, jokingly, because earlier in the day, it was forecast to be stormed, pretty much on ice. And that kind of cleared up even before the um, Haiti-Canada game, which was before the us Martinique game. I was chastised for being a doomsayer, because yeah, no weather, no storms, no rain, beautiful ice, no weather involved. I had people on Twitter telling me they brought their raincoats because of me. I'm like, you know what? I'm not a meteorologist. I'm just a journalist. Beautiful yeah. night for Team USA as well. A 6-1 to one winner. Just an entirely different game than the one they played in the group opener against Haiti. What an offensive performance by the men's national team. We're going to talk about the final goal here in a minute because of the distinct Kansas City accent to that. But let's talk about it in general. Sean, what impressed you the most about USA? The fact that Martin you do, of course, have to take a grain of salt. When you're talking about world stage of soccer, Haiti isn't exactly a superpower when we're looking at the last game. But in CONCACAF, you know, you probably have your top tier of USA, Canada's kind of squeaking in there, and Haiti's kind of squeaking in there. This time around Martinique, I don't even think of a FIFA-sanctioned country, but they participate in CONCACAF. It's a little bit different, but nonetheless, it's still 11 v 11 guys on the field. One of the big changes we saw from the Haiti game and I will premise as well that I've only seen clips of that Haiti game. I was down at Power and Lights being depressed on Sunday after a certain game. So from what I saw for that game, it was some of more of the MLS veterans who got the Starks, or even just, you know, yeah, not some of the younger guys. There was, you know, Bizarre's as Starses and Kellen Acosta got the Stars and Jackson Newell never really impressed me. And from what I saw, it just, they won. They etched out a win. It wasn't great. And then they come out against Martinique. And you've got, you know, your stars and Eric Williams and Chris second ever start. Boozier gets his first ever start. Matthew Hoppy gets his debut. Miles Robinson was in there. He got a goal. James Sands. Just a bunch of young guys. It almost looked like they wanted it more. It looked more fluid. Your passing still wasn't perfect, but it was much better possession, much better movement. Six goals, and some of them were some really nice goals, especially some good wing play. They're getting the ball into the box. So take it with a grain of salt. Canada's coming up next. And after that, you'll come across the likes of your Costa Ricas and Mexico's and 
No, it was really fun to watch. And I think we've got a look of what the team should look like going forward when it comes to who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. So I watched the highlights. Daryl DK, what an athletic player he is. But it was the sixth goal that Kansas City fans excited with Jean-Luc Abusio with the assist on the goal by Kansas City native. I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, so I'll let Cora take it away. Tell us about the sixth goal in the 90th minute by the U.S. and, and why it was fun for the home fans. Yeah, that one was put away by Nicholas Giacchini. It was great because it was it was a very end of the game and they were pushing for those last goals to kind of make up the goal differential with Canada. Uh, Yule took a shot from the top of the box. It deflected out wide to Busio, who was just sitting by himself. Fends it right into Giacchini and he runs right on and just knocks it in an elation from the outlaws who are right behind the goal. So it was just a really fun moment for everyone, especially their night teacher. Who's still making us for start? GH needs like his sixth uh, appearance for the US team. So it was really, it was a nice goal by the Kansas City locals and it was a great race under the game. Absolutely. Uh, they celebrated it well. I noticed the coach, Greg Burkhold, was trying to get his players back. There was more work to do, according to Greg Breyer, wasn't there? With that sixth goal, that put the US and Canada level on goal difference going into their final match on Sunday. Greg clearly wanted the U.S. to score another, and they very well could have, by the way. They scored four goals in the second half, just keeping the pace up and really putting up good attacking play. Of course, it didn't end up getting a seventh, but uh, yeah, they'll be even on points and goal difference heading into Canada match on Sunday. Both are already qualified for the knockout stages, so the objective is simple. You win, you, you win the group, and that could set you up for better matchups in the knockout stage down the line. It'll be interesting to see that dynamic on Sunday. Yeah, I think the facet on that as well is it's not just bare holes or one scat goal difference. I mean, of course he does, but I think what hit the US was, so right now, as he says, Canada, US ties on points, ties on goal difference, but Canada has one more goal in the group stage, eight to the US is seven, which means tiebreakers are points and goal difference and goal scored. So now heading into this final game, Canada can just tie and then US get second. Um, so basically, USA needs to win against Canada because they got the goal scored, basically. Yeah. A sad chuckle after the game. I was actually lying in bed thinking about it last night. Christian Roldan was telling us after the game, they may as go substitute troops in the second half with the goal differential in mind. They're like, we're going to score a bunch of goals. 57th minute, Kellen Acosta comes on, probably with the idea of, hey, we need goal difference. And then less than five minutes later, he gives away a penalty, which is scored. And that ultimately is the difference between USA being first and second. Because if the US wins that game 6-0, they have one better goal difference than Canada. So, Kellen Acosta, one of those players who, he's fine for his team, don't think he should be starting. He comes on, gives away a penalty within five minutes, and that's the difference between first and second place right now. To me, the objective is to avoid Mexico until the final. And I think if the US ends up number one in this group stage, that the opportunity for that is, is increased, right? Assuming Mexico beats El Salvador. It's one of those weird ones where I never really agree with it because at the end of the day, if you want to win, you're going to play the best teams anyway, right? And I'm going to reference England's just because it just happened and all of our friends were talking about it, Euros. Uh, we had fans who didn't want to finish first place in our group because we'd have to play Germany in the next round. I was like, well, it's kind of a point that we're playing Germany because they didn't play as well in the group stage. And I think it's the exact same facet here. If the US finishes first, then you have to play Mexico. Because if Mexico finishes second in their group, 
that's just how it goes. Mexico obviously isn't performing at that level. So playing them early, playing them while we don't have confidence and get it out of the way. I know his fans like, oh, we want to finish seconds and probably avoid Mexico because Mexico might finish second themselves. Win your group, be the best team, don't root to lose. There's a point you're playing. If you finish first, you play lesser teams in the next round. If that's Mexico, it's because you're a lesser team right now. That's my viewpoint on that. Looked like a loud crowd, but a smallish crowd last night at Children's Mercy, um, at least the views that I saw. But I'm understanding that uh, Sunday's game against Canada, which I think is at 4 p.m., is a sellout. Yes. Is that what we're hearing? Yes, sellouts. Thanks to our wonderful co-worker, Sam Mellinger. He loves us knowing his column the other day. Even Patrick Mahomes couldn't get tickets uh, for that kind of the USA game, which is a travesty. This is why CONCACAF needs to figure things out. Full house on Sunday, which will be fun. Somehow, I think if Patrick Mahomes really wants to go, he'll he'll find a way in there. He'll pay over price for a ticket or two. He's got the money for it. Let's take a break. And when we come back, some local teams to discuss. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we are back with Cora Hall, Briar Napier, and Sean Goodwin. We're talking soccer. The Gold Cup continues. One more game in Kansas City on Sunday against Canada. And then it's off to the quarterfinal round. It is a significant tournament. It's big. USA and, and Mexico seem to kind of dominate this thing. They're, they're the favorites. We're going to see them again at some point match up, I believe. Gold Cup continues on for the next week or so. Let's switch gears, talk about our local teams. It's It's been a big, long break, right, for Sporting Kansas City, for KCNWSL. But they do get back on the pitch next week. Sporting Kansas City with San Jose at home next Wednesday on July 21st. Sean, they're playing so well right now. And I know MLS teams have to take these breaks during the season. Just about all of Team USA is MLS players, so you know rosters are in flux. But when a team's going as well as Sporting Kansas City, you almost hate to see them take this two-week break. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's soccer as much as other sports, honestly. I've always found that, especially in soccer, people kind of overhype the break at times. It's a sport that is so weary on the legs. Sometimes these breaks are fine. And I remember the last time sports and Casey has a break, piece of a me basically said, you know, that first week, yeah, you know, you have to find ways to keep your players not bored. And I know for a fact that we were given vacation time because I, I was wanting to talk to some players and we're off kind of on their own time right now, which honestly you kind of need in such a grueling season. The week before the game, which we'll be heading into, I guess soon, it's uh, July 21st. You know, that's when you start kind of start ramping things up and getting ready for the next game. And I didn't think it was a fell out of the groove that bad, to be honest. It's going to allow legs to freshen up. Jalen Lindsay was recovering from injury. Obviously, Alan Pleaser has his foot laceration, um, so he's recovering. So it's come at a time when some 
key players he could use uh, the recovery time. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And I think it'll be just fine once they come back. Maybe the opposite would be true. Core of NWSL looking for their first victory. The last game they lost out of Portland 2 to nothing. I thought they played a, pretty well in the second half of that game. Uh, had some scoring chances. Couldn't get a goal. But what's coming up for NWSL? They'll play top of the league team, North Carolina Courage, on the 23rd. So that's definitely going to be a tougher match. It's going to be at home, though, so it's nice for them. And the Courage are also missing a few players to the Olympics. They're missing Lynn Williams, Sam Mewis, and I believe Davina for Brazil. Three really, really good players. I think they're ready to... This is what they do every time. Like They come back every game, like fresh, ready to attack a new team. So I'm, I don't have any you know, withholdings about last game's performance and how that'll affect them. I think they'll bounce back. Washington Spirit, Kiki Pickett, I would think, is getting close to her first start with the team. They originally tweeted out her in the starting lineup last game, and then they re-signed a new one, and she was not. She came in at halftime, but she's been really good on the back line. She brings a lot of energy, composure, and, you know, from what Hugh has said, she's just a really positive force on that team, a really good leader. And so I think that she's going to be a really exciting development for them moving forward. I think they still have things they're working through, but they've had a good break to reset and take on a new challenge and see where they can go with it. Also next week, the U.S. Women's National Team gets its Olympic schedule started. The opening ceremonies for the Olympics in Tokyo are next Friday, week from today, but the, the women's national team actually plays on Wednesday. They open up on July 21st against Sweden, and then they play Saturday against New Zealand, yep. Kansas City player on the, on the New Zealand team. So it's a lot of soccer still next week. I wanted to switch gears, you guys, and talk about some fictitious soccer. How many Ted Lasso fans do we have on our, on our podcast here? I've watched it like three times the first season. I will admit that I sheepishly have not seen it yet. Believe it or not, I did plan to like binge the first couple of seasons uh, this weekend. I need to do this. I feel like I need to. He's a bandwagon fan. (laughs) Well, I did the same thing. I'm just two weeks behind you or ahead of you, Briar. I binged it a couple weeks ago. Did not see it when everybody else did. I think it was released last November. It's phenomenal. I just think it's a phenomenal uh, series. It's funny, it's it's touching, it's poignant, it's all of that. And on top of all of that, for us, it's local, right, with Jason Sudeikis. And if you didn't see, Pete Gradhoff had a post on the Stars website, KansasCity.com, which details all the Kansas and Kansas City references that are in the show, all the way down to the team colors of AFC Richmond, which are the KU colors. We think it's not by accident. So season two begins for Ted Lasso on on July 23rd, next Friday. And Sean, I wanted to ask you, as a native of Liverpool and now an American citizen and soccer through and through, why would a show like this resonate both in the U.S. and in England? Honestly, I think it's just... It's so universal. Yeah, I mean, the soccer certainly helps. It's an angle in that we really don't have too many sports shows out of America. Here, got your baseball movies and American football movies and all sorts. Outside of a few older movies in England, there's not really anything based around soccer that's really successful. So you've got that side going for it first. It's so feel-good. Anyone who's watched it will know that. And I honestly think that's the big draw. 
Because when you watch it, the soccer kind of does take a little bit of a back seat. Obviously, you know, the soccer club is kind of a base of it. You know, it focuses on the games and the standings and whatnot. But it, it's so much more than that, which is why I think it's funny, it's feel good, and it's got a great plots and great characters. Makes you feel certain type of ways to go with it. So my girlfriend isn't a huge sports person, but I was like, it's not a soccer show per se. It's includes soccer books a lot more than that so i don't know if i really answered your question i'd be curious to know what cora thinks since she's seen it but i i think it uses soccer to tell some human stories and, and describe some human feelings and before i get your opinion cora sean did, did you see what jason sudeikis wore to the season two premiere no okay so while Cora's answering i want you to go to twitter or social media yes. and see what jason sudeikis wore to the premiere of season two and i want to get your reaction to that so cora what's the great appeal of the show to you i think the characters are just so well done that people are just very drawn to them jason sudeikis got a show where he got to be more true to himself and there's a great gq article that just came out where he really in depth like explains you know how I used to be this play this certain character you know like the comedic kind of a-hole guy that you know is still endearing by the end of the movie but like it's not like real it's very just there to be funny and in, in Ted Lasso it's a genuine funny that's just very it's unassuming it's just there and it's very kind and I think that's something that everyone really relates to if you watch the show you'll know you'll see the humor and it's just very like that's so funny but like it's so genuine and it's so real. It just, it feels real. I think is the thing that people like these interactions between these characters, they feel so real to you. And so, yeah, there's, there's soccer and there's, you know, official terms of like, Oh, the, the league and relegation and, and this American guy trying to figure out European football. So there's like that kind of humor to it. But I think really it's just the way that the audience can relate to these characters and feel like the genuine comedy and not just, you know, slapstick and relate to each other as well. Okay, Sean, did you find it? I did, yes. How about that? Shares itself, Jason and Marcus and Mikhail, obviously releasing Jason, Sancho, Marcus, Rashford and Mikhail Saka, being the three players who missed penalties for England in the Euro final, all young black men, early 20s. I think Saka's a teenager still, he's 19. As a big of a shame, as it always is, and you really hope it's a minority, but three young black men, they missed the three penalties, got losers England. It's first final since 1966, and people with anonymous profiles don't show their face, go on social media, you know, racially abusing them. Not good, not pretty. It's not what you want to see, you know, mass at the end of the day. The nation was heartbroken, I was in tears, but at the end of the day, it's a game, right? Go over it, you move on. Yeah, hope for a happier ending next time. And at the end of the day, these are the fellas who are representing the country and they represented it wonderfully for, you know, the whole month plus for when we were in the tournament. And I'm sure they will for the next decade because they're so young, they have such bright futures. And just because you miss a, a kick from 16 yards out or whatever penalty spot is, is what it is. It's going to need to go and racially abuse people online. So, go from today, kiss with the share saying, I know there's a big mural um, in Manchester of Rashford, and I know that was defaced. Huge crowds in front of it, you know, basically defending all three players and the outpouring of love and protection and whatnot is obviously 
nice. It's more that it, it shouldn't have to occur in the first place, right? Well said, Sean. So, Briar, you have all this to look forward to as you sit down to binge it, and you'll have fun. I'll guarantee you. And I'll. And after you do, I want to talk to you about it because it's. I think it's a sensational show. And like I said, season two starts next Friday. All right, guys. Always enjoy the conversation. Cora, Briar, Sean. Thanks a lot, and we'll do it again next week. That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin, Cora Hall, and Briar Napier for stopping by and talking soccer. Their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on KansasCity.com. And, of course, they're on the website first. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.